Welcome to the Randy Selzer Real Estate Podcast, where we discuss important topics for buyers, sellers, and investors in the Toronto area real estate market. Here's your host, Randy Selzer. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to my YouTube channel and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, Alex Corbin, who is the Chief Product Officer at Arboro which is a Toronto real estate investment company. We're going to talk a lot about that in a few minutes, is here uh, with us today. Welcome, Alex. It's so nice to have you on board. Thank you so much, Randy. Pleasure to be here. Uh, when we, we chatted a little bit uh, briefly last week, we talked a little bit, bit about Arboro. Uh, but before we get into that, I should just give you a little bit of uh, background here. You're a graduate, I see, of Rotman Commerce at the University of Toronto. You got a way back, yeah. <laughs> you got a master's degree in environmental science and management from Ryerson, and you've held a number of senior management roles in various nonprofit and for-profit organizations. And today, as I mentioned, you're chief product officer at Arboro. So um, that's a lot. And thank you for being here today. We talked a little bit about it. And actually, me being an old school type of guy, uh, I had a little bit of a hard time wrapping my head around the concept of Arboro. Basically, and correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is that it's an equity sharing company so that if a buyer of real estate doesn't have enough down payment, for example, Arboro uh, could come in and give them some money. It's not a loan. They're not loaning money, but becoming an, sort of an equity partner in buying that property, whether it's a house or condo. Is that sort of what it is? Sure. You should wish to have you pitch it. That's a good, very simple summary. Um, we describe ourselves as professional co-ownership, essentially. It's modeled after the idea of adults or just two parties who, I mean, this has been around for decades where two households decide to purchase a property together and yes. kind of cohabitate in a household. So they share the mortgage, they share the cost, they obviously share the down payment contribution. So Arbor is modeled after that, but we said, you know, instead of the headache of trying to find somebody who you may or may not know, share like a, a property together, um, we take that burden off. We provide you that down payment contribution. We're not going to set foot on your property and you get to enjoy 100% of that property. In contrast, you take care of that property. You are 100% responsible for maintaining it, for the mortgage, the property right. taxes, the insurance, but we provide that upfront capital. So the high level mandate of Arbro is really recognizing that there's very much an imbalance in the market. You have investors who are looking to get into the real estate market for investment properties to so rent out. They're in the market competing against legitimate home buyers who are trying to purchase a place for them and their families to live. And right. that's just, I mean, that's one market force that's kind of problematic in terms of increasing property prices. Right. But we thought, well, what if we could create a tool where investors could pool their money and instead of being landlords, they could invest it in a fund where we used to deploy into helping home buyers get into the market. Um, a number, almost all of the members of Arboro come from social impact backgrounds. So we're very much predicated on the idea that real estate has been one of the most stable forms of wealth creation for the mm -hmm. for decades. Yes. And more and more, there's just this increasing divide between those who have access to real estate oh, and those who do not. That is it's so true. It's so problematic. If you look at the trajectory of retirement savings and like the trajectory of net net worth at time of retirement for the current generation, it's becoming a real problem. Absolutely. Uh, and in spite of the fact that the market has cooled a little bit, which is something markets go up and they go down, but the overall, yep. the overall trend is definitely up 
and it's been going up for decades and exactly. decades. Exactly. The arc is real estate has the arc of like real estate has favored those with capital and has right. favored those who have access to generational wealth, quite frankly. And then once you get into that real estate train, you you have yep. access to that wealth and you get to reinvest. The, yep. the biggest problem we have as realtors is that for a lot of buyers up to now, up to the present day, is that because prices in the GTA are so high, they really are. And you know this better than anyone, I'm sure that you cannot buy a house under a million dollars. You're looking at a million plus for a house. Even townhouses are close to a million. Even a, is, a yeah. even a modest condo, you're looking at 600 or thereabouts uh, for a smaller type of condo. And a lot of younger buyers, especially, just don't have the down payment for that. Certainly not for a million dollar house where you need 20%. You need 200. Exactly. 200,000. 200, Who has that? <laughs> now, they might have, they might, if they're, maybe they've got great jobs. It's a young couple and they've got maybe 50,000 saved, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, but they, let's say they're 150,000 short. They need 200 to make that 20% down, but they only have 50. So your investors would come in. They Obviously, you must have some sort of a process where you you take a look at that house and make sure that it's good value for money, I would assume. And yeah. they, they would then not loan these buyers 150. They would come in as an, like an equity partner. They would buy that house together. And then at the time that the house is sold, they would divvy up the proceeds, divvy up the profit. Hopefully there's a profit. Uh, yeah. Or I also read in your literature that because it can't go on forever, that if it reaches a 10-year point, then the original buyer would have to buy out Arboro investors. Uh, exactly. It's for a 10-year maximum. Our co-ownership period is for 10 years. Okay. A slight tweak there in the sense that there is no they, like they're not, uh, uh, which is a really great question or just a, a topic to clear up, is many home buyers think we're like a matchmaking platform. You know, we are matching home buyers with investors ah, in a okay. way, okay. but we're not. So we've done the legwork. A big part of the operations of our company is actually an investment management function. So okay. we've created a fund structure where accredited investors, family offices, high net worth individuals can invest into that fund. They're LP unit holders and a fund. Got and it. then Arbro, as the investment manager, we deploy those funds into properties. So our investors are never involved in the day-to-day -day transactions of deciding whether or not they want to invest in any particular property. Got our it. investment team do, does that. So it makes it a lot more streamlined. And to your point about vetting properties, that's one of the great value adds. We are quite diligent in pre-vetting specific geographic regions, obviously, and also on a transaction basis. Like for you as a realtor, we do have some requirements for partners, like realtor partners that work with us in um, in providing certain information that our bros needs in order to evaluate the property. Okay. But other than that, it's quite seamless. It's very, it's, it's no different than if you're buying a property on your own. You know, you don't have to feel like we're there looking over your shoulder to make sure every problem, we're not we're not viewing properties with you and kind of doing the walkthrough and um, checking all our boxes, et cetera. You we don't, do you don't do that. Oh. <laughs> you would think at one point, believe it or not, at one point we did have it in our process. And I think one of our investment team or one of our co-founders actually, mm -hmm. Nick, um, we had it that he would go visit these properties in person. Very quickly realized that that is not you know, <laughs> a sustainable thing that and we're going so to be doing. How wide an area do you serve? Is it just in the GTA or Ontario or where, how, how far do you go out? Great question. So our product right now is for the seven regions of TREP. Um, so so the GTA, as defined right. by the seven regions of TREP, Durham, Dufferin, Simcoe, Toronto, York, Halton, and Peel. Okay. Um, we do have plans to expand to potentially Kitchener-Waterloo, Guelph, the Cambridge, Hamilton, and London as early as like early 2023. Excellent. Nothing firmed up yet, but just we do get a lot of questions. When are you expanding? When are you expanding? 
So that's the thing, earliest 2023. Um, but yeah, we're very much in the GTA at the moment. Excellent. Excellent. So who goes on title? The house gets purchased. Uh, Arbro invests a certain amount of money as part of the down payment. Think mm -hmm. the, the deal closes. Who, who goes on title? Is it just the original buyers or how does that work? It is just the original buyers. But I think before getting into some of the technicalities, maybe for the sake of your viewers and your mm -hmm. listeners, let's like unpack equity a little bit because I'm not sure that, you know, people comes from so many different understandings of that concept of how we share equity. Okay. okay. So it's really important. I want to make the distinction that when Arbro contributes towards a down payment, our equity share is purely dependent on the total down payment amount, not the total purchase price, right? So say on that million dollar property, in your example, right. Right. you need a $200,000 down payment. Right. And that couple that you mentioned has $50,000 saved. Okay. They're contributing 5% of the purchase value, but they're contributing 25% of the down payment. Right. So, and then Arbro in that example, if we contribute 150 to get them to that 200, Arbro right. is contributing 75% of the down payment. Right. So then our equity share is 25.75. Yes. And then when the property is sold, we split the total equity. So total equity is original down payment plus increase in purchase price. Right. Right. So that's all that we split. Many people think like, oh, you know, Arbro owns 75% of the property. So when I sell my home, they're going to take 75% of the proceeds. No, the bank will probably take most of the proceeds in terms of what's on your outstanding mortgage. Right. Um, and then whatever the homeowner has paid towards mortgage principal, they get back. We basically, what we end up splitting is just the original down payment amount plus any appreciation, if any. And if there hasn't been any appreciation, then we lose. If the property has decreased below what we originally pay for, then we lose our original down payment contribution amount as well too. So that's the equity split model that I think is really sort of important to clarify before yes. we talk about, you know, who's okay. on title and whatnot. Okay. I'm a little slow. Sometimes it takes me a while to catch on to these things. So, okay. okay keeping that example in, in mind. So mm -hmm. it's 75, 25 in terms of percentage of the, of the down yeah. payment. Uh, let's to keep the math simple. The property's uh, purchased for 1 million. It's sold net, let's say for 1.1 million. So it's gone up a hundred thousand. Yeah. Okay, $100,000 capital gain. What portion of that $100,000 capital gain would Arboro take out? Great example. So let's look at calculate total equity. So the original down payment of 200,000 right. plus the 100,000 of, of capital gain or profit or appreciation, right. however, whatever people call it. Right. So that's 300,000 is right. the equity total. It's the total equity to be split. Correct. So then Arboro shares 75% of that 300,000. Okay. I got you. I got you. Yeah. So what, right. what is that? Just over two, two something? Yeah. 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 No, I get it. <laughs> I get it. That's a very interesting model. And I, you know what? Something like this would never come up in a, in a depressed real estate market or a market that was very slow in other parts of the world, you know, the Clevelands of the world where the prices just never go up. But here in the GTA, especially where we have been on like steroids for a decade or more. Uh, that is a single, you talked a little bit about uh, the bank of mom and dad, about generational wealth. That mm -hmm. is probably the only way or one of the very few ways that buyers, especially younger buyers, uh, can get in these days. Yeah, Their parents yeah. Have some sort of, you know, taking equity out of the family home, that sort of thing. 
exactly and it's not even when we talk about people who have access to generational wealth you get the idea that these are you know like rich kids with rich parents who are taking money out of the trust fund. these are like hard-working parents who are yep. taking equity out of their homes to help in order their, to help fund exactly help so that kids. there's a there's a strain on their retirement and their savings as well yep. too um, a recent National Bank of Canada study came out that the 2022 version in terms of affordability is that it takes an average household or an average person 32 years to save for a non-condo home in Toronto. So they're using 32 a, years, 32 years. So they're using a 10% savings rate and a household a, a income of 88,000, like an individual income of 88,000. So obviously, if you're purchasing with a partner, then you can take that amount of time and cut right. it in half. But still, even at 16 years, yeah, that's it's, it's right. Crazy. And the, the only way people are doing it sooner is because they have that injection of capital from from family. Right. Usually that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting. Very interesting because it, it has been a problem for so you have no well, you have an idea. But this is stuff that we as realtors run up against and mortgage brokers run up uh, against on a daily basis. It really yeah. is. And it's you see this divide, this increasing divide. We've been quite, our model has been quite popular amongst the newcomer community as well too, which like just proves the hypothesis. These are uh, communities of folks who don't have access to generations of real estate ownership, right? They don't have right. uh, family members who have owned real estate and can take out equity to help fund their down payment. Uh, that is absolutely a valid point. Absolutely. And there's certain types of people, newcomers to Canada who have a lot of money, but most of them are just like you and I, well, I don't know about you, but, but, but <laughs> normal people. <laughs> okay. You probably got tons, but, uh, <laughs> but no, most of them, they come in and they, and they're qualified, especially these days, immigrants are typically really well-educated. They've got MBAs, you know, and some mm -hmm. of them have tons of money, but a lot of them don't. And they must take a look at our prices and just go, wow. What do we get ourselves into here? Mm -hmm. uh, or they're purchasing with multi, many households are, are purchasing yep. a property together. Yeah. Yep. That's for sure. Yeah. Now I was reading your, uh, some of your literature here and you've got a couple of things. You've got a complimentary home maintenance program yes, and, and, a and a renovation credit program. Can you tell me about those two things? Yeah. So one of the things that I'm quite proud of like you know as head of product in, in terms of working to craft the logistic the mechanics of our co-ownership model we work so hard to try and create these programs and the terms and conditions of our program is such that the incentives of the homeowner are very much aligned with that of our investor mm -hmm. if there's something that would compromise our investors return on the investment most likely it's something that the homeowner should be disincentivized towards as well too. So along the same lines, our, our Arbro tries to introduce programs and services that helps encourage homeowners to do the things that would increase the home value. So a few of these programs you listed are under that umbrella. We have a fabulous partnership with a home maintenance company called Caboodle. So Arbro actually pays for semi-annual home maintenance visits for all the properties in our portfolio. I mean, obviously buyers opt into this. They don't have to, but like, Excellent. why wouldn't yeah. you? Everybody does. Right. Um, so Caboodle, they come in, they'll actually come into your home twice a year. They'll do basic like home maintenance checkups. You know, they'll change your filter, or, like replace the batteries in your smoke alarm. But they'll also do like this detailed, almost like a home inspection looking at what do you what are the things that you need to look out for your home how do you prepare your home for the upcoming season um, what are some repairs that you may need to start saving for so they give you like a report on your home and so mm -hmm. homeowners feel a lot more supported and a lot more informed around how to take care of their property and they do that twice a year so that's one example of this this complimentary home maintenance Excellent. program that we offer our homeowners yeah 
That's excellent. I mean, yeah. who, who, like you say, who wouldn't take that? That's a wonderful yeah, thing. Yeah, and even if you're already a homeowner, I'd recommend uh -huh. you check out Caboodle. They provide a great okay. service. Okay. I we'll use put, them myself. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to put a link underneath the uh, the video here on YouTube and also on the podcast to your services, and we can include right. uh, Caboodle on there as well. No problem. That's great. <laughs> That's a great idea. It really is. Plus, you're protecting, in a way, you're protecting your investment. We're protecting our investment. Exactly. And we know right. from feedback that home maintenance is one of the most daunting things that new oh. home buyers face. When they're in their property, I'm, I've been there. Like I've had, you know, a leaky pipe a few weeks after moving into my new property and being like, you know, WTF, um, <laughs> and not knowing. Well, it can be, it can go. be super. And a newer house is great, but an, let's say an older house in Toronto where yeah. it might be 80 years old, you don't know what's down there. And yeah. if you, you know, if you start yeah. messing around with plumbing and electric, electrical stuff, it can become a real nightmare. That's great. Exactly. That's a great idea. Now there was what was the other one? There was the. Uh... Renovation. renovation. Yes. Yeah. So we get, this is a popular one. So a lot mm. of homebuyers want to do work to their home. Right. We do have, we do have, you know, eligibility criteria in terms of the buyers we work with. I mean, that's on their list, uh, listed on our website and they're quite straightforward, but we also have like um, very broad strokes criteria in terms of properties. So as one example, we don't invest in like tear down properties or fixer uppers. They're okay. just not like economic, they're too high risk and they're just right. not the greatest economic, the economics aren't that great for the homeowners right? Um, because they're investing such a large amount of capital for only just split some of that appreciation down the road. Right. So we, yep. we strictly don't do those. Um, but that said, a lot of homeowners, you know, they may want to do like a kitchen reno or add a, you know, finish their basement as an example. So we say like, of course, and we want to incentivize homeowners to make the investments that increase the value of the property, but obviously find a way to compensate them for the expenses that they, you know, they take on to do that. Right. So our renovation credit is just that if you're looking to make a, a material improvement to the property that you think will increase the value of the property, you submit a request and we will look at the renovations you're planning to do and assess whether that renovation will indeed increase the value of the property, or is it more just like, you know, an aesthetic change that's kind mm -hmm. of for your own taste sort of thing. So if it does indeed contribute to the appreciation of the property, you will, you could qualify for renovation credit equal to the cost of the renovation, or it's like the lesser of the cost of the renovation or the property appreciation, but that's, nonetheless, there's a credit. That's very fair. I mean, um, Typically, a very popular thing is to put in a basement apartment. That's huge. Of course. Yeah. And yeah. that definitely, definitely increases the value of the house for sure. Yeah. And even for actually, that's a really great example because one of our requirements is that our homeowners have to be the, the property that we co-purchase together has to be the, per, the primary residence of the occupying owner in the sense that we don't co-own ah. alongside investors. They can't use it as purely a rental property. Oh, but okay. Okay. So long as you're living in that property and it's your primary residence, if there's a secondary suite that you want to rent out for like income generation purposes, right. they're more than welcome to do that. In fact, they, they will keep 100% of the rental revenue for that as well, too. Ah, okay. That's very fair. Very fair. Mm -hmm. Okay. We get that a lot. We get that a lot. The <laughs> feedback is that our model is very fair. <laughs> well, that that's fantastic. And again, it took me a little while to wrap my head around it. I kept thinking, well, it's a loan. Is it like a second mortgage? No, no, it's nothing like that. It's We're an, a co-owner. Yeah. You're a co-owner. It's equity sharing. Mm -hmm. That's that's and a great. Go ahead. It is. Yeah. It's new. It's new. Um, and so it, it's not just you, though, Randy. Like it does take most people some time to wrap their head around it. A lot of people think of us as like, okay. 
how do I pay you back? What's, what's, what's the, the interest? What's, what's the, the catch? catch? Yeah. What's the fee? Well, I mean, the catch is it's not forever. It's for 10 years, right? right so right. you need to sell the property prior to 10 years or you buy out our bro share. Right. Um, and, and another catch is like you, because you're living in the home and then you're enjoying a hundred percent of it, you are responsible for taking care of it. Like the maintenance costs, the property right. taxes, that's your responsibility. Right. But yeah. you're also getting the benefit as the owner, you're living in it. So there's exactly, your right there. exactly. Yeah. And we don't charge you rent. If you co-own a property with a friend and they don't live in it and you do, most likely you will be paying your friend rent for their share of the property. Of course, of course, yeah. yeah. Very interesting. And how long have you guys been around? How long has Arbro been uh, in business now? So our company's uh, inception since 2019. Okay. And we've been like, we've, we've done pilot programs, been quiet, we've stealth mode for a while, but we <laughs> really came out in the market like guns blazing in terms of marketing and, and whatnot. I'm um, just in the beginning of this year in spring of this year. Well, so you may I'm, see us, yeah, subway posters, radio, etc. I'm, I'm going to look. <laughs> Let me tell you, I'll be looking out for that. Um, I know there's a big conference coming up in November. Uh, Orea, the Ontario Real Estate Association, is having a big conference. I believe it's called Realty Plus. Down, yeah. Realty Plus down at uh, Exhibition Place. And we'll I know be there. you'll be there. You're going to be in the trade <laughs> show. I'm, I'm going to come looking for you. Let me tell you. So that's we'll fantastic. That's a big, so if anybody listening to this is in the industry uh, and wants to go, and I, there's some big time speakers, I'd be, believe oh, for sure. Bill Clinton is going to be talking there. So uh, that should be quite the event. And I, I'm yeah. going to definitely check you guys out in the trade show for sure. It's this so. post COVID emergence of doing, you know, trade <laughs> shows. And in real life, I was saying to you earlier, Randy, that we're hosting our first in-person event in three years next week. You know what? Arboro open house. Yeah. I think people are still kind of in shock. I mean, it feels like COVID's over. I'm fully vaxxed and everything, mm -hmm. but uh, it, I think people are still kind of slow to react. Some people yeah. have gone crazy. They've gone out and gone on three trips this year uh, because they just felt bottled up. I know I felt bottled up. Um, for the last two and a half years, but I think we're still not, I think psychologically, I think there's still some damage there and we have to come out of it. Uh, yep. it's, it's going to take a little while. And some of it may be here to stay. Like, I think a lot um, of it will be part of the norm. I mean, you kind of circle back to real estate, but you see this mass exodus from these like urban centers and a lot of the demand or the lift in some rural, rural markets in terms of real estate. That's all from I wonder. Work. Yes. I wonder how that's going to work. I, I've had my own clients here in, I'm in Mississauga and I've had uh, two years ago, I had two separate un, unrelated, unconnected clients move to Cambridge, Ontario. They, okay, they yeah. sold their places here. And I had to help them. I became the, the office expert in Cambridge, something I normally would never do. But these people said, no, we're, we need you. We need you to help us. So, and, but that's a trend for sure. And they're working from home. They're working from home. And my question to them was, I was kind of playing devil's advocate in both cases. What are you going to do now that you're here settled in beautiful Cambridge, which is a lovely place? What are you going to do if you can no longer work from home and your, your business is in Etobicoke? What are you going to mm -hmm. do? You, are you going to drive in from Cambridge every day? They said, well, we'll do what we have to do. We'll cross that bridge when it comes. But yeah. I think you're, you're absolutely right. And it's happening, but that's why these uh, the the definite footprint of the GTA is kind of expanding because oh. people have always been moving further and further away from the yep. core, so long as it's within commuting distance. Yep. So even in this like, and it's happening, like workplaces are mandating return to office, you know, two days a week, three days a week. But yes. you know, families who live in Cambridge, they can justify three days a week well, commuting into the city. I mean, I don't know. I, I can see Milton. I can see Hamilton. <laughs> you know, I can see places that are still part of the GTA, but when you get past, mm -hmm. you get past Guelph, 
you get to Kitchener and Cambridge and, and Brantford and places like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I wish him luck. I wish him luck. But if it's a snowstorm, it's the commute. Yeah. And yeah. You got to come in on that highway in a snowstorm. I don't know how that's all going to. Well, this out. is, I mean, the, the plug for the environmentalist side of me, it's like, that's where it's incumbent on government to build that infrastructure for yes. like regional transit. It just becomes Alex, huge. Yeah. Alex, you are right on. That is, that is the fundamental thing they've started. They're building a couple mm -hmm. of subways. That's great, but they need to do so much more. They really yeah. do. Yeah. And uh, I think one of the things they don't take into account is the time factor where a lot of people, if you're, if you're living out in Ancaster, uh, it's really, it's not so much, it's, it's convenient. You can still get on the go train. It's, it may actually be easier than driving in, but mm -hmm. you also have to look at the time factor because not everybody works right by Union Station. You know, maybe you have right. to take the subway up to Young and Eglinton or something. And that mm -hmm. adds to your time. And a lot of people just don't have that much time, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. both there and back. So it's an interesting yeah. world we live in. I, I'm a big fan of the go. <laughs> I'll, I bet you are. That's yeah, right. Yeah. So, well, that was, this is a great talk. And I think it's a great, great concept. I think you guys are going to do really well. And uh, so um, I, I'm going to share something here. I hope I'm not going to embarrass you, but uh, oh, I, I, I was checking out your profile on oh, right. LinkedIn <laughs> and others after we talked last week. And I understand not only are you a financial whiz and a real estate whiz, but you are also a very accomplished artist. Uh, I saw some of your artwork and you have a website dedicated. You're a fantastic painter. You really are. Thank you. Thank you so much. It really is a passion. And I was saying to you earlier, it's how I, I channel my, my climate change rage. So for, for those who do, <laughs> I paint glaciers. I paint glaciers that are melting and are disappearing because of climate change. And that's kind of like the messaging behind my art. Um, it's a bit of a visual time capsule in a way. And I, I derive a lot of joy. From how do you, how do you find the time to do it? I mean, you have a family. I know you have a family. How do you do it? <laughs> I do have two very young kids. So the painting is done off. Honestly, Randy, sometimes I don't start painting till like 11 p.m. at night. And I'm, like, <laughs> and I'm painting till like one in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Well, you have a definite talent there. I, I'm not just saying that. You really do. It's like oh, thank you so amazing much. stuff. Uh, you're going to be in, <laughs> if you haven't already been, I'm sure you're going to end up in some galleries somewhere. I'm certain of that. Very well done. So there you go. There you go. And I'll, at the trade show, bring along a few paintings. You'll probably sell a few while you're at it, you know. <laughs> I just have to figure out a way to merge this climate change interest with the real estate piece where there's actually a lot of intersection. Um, there's a lot of things to do. Like in Ontario, residential emissions, like emissions from household heating and cooling is the largest contributor to greenhouse gases. So is there's it? a okay. lot of opportunity there. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. we have to do something. I mean, a lot of people, the people just, they don't care, I think is the biggest problem until you start to see, and I, I never talk politics and I never talk religion, but, and this is a little bit political, but I think you'd have to be a complete idiot to deny climate change. I mean, if you look around, uh, we just finished one of the hottest summers ever, which was great. I mean, this is yeah. Canada. To have a hot summer is great, but we had like 100 days of 30 degrees plus. Uh, the wildfires and then the flooding uh, and then now the hurricanes. That are just I know. It's, One yeah. thing after another. And uh, so we have to do something. We really do. Because if we just sit back, it's just going to go down the tubes, I think. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I really am. Well, on that happy note, oh, um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but, but no, maybe I should try, start a different channel and talk about the environment, but no, it's true though. And for those of us, you know, that who are just sort of, you know, business people, just citizens, 
I think uh, there's much more awareness out there than most people realize. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you have to be aware, especially if you have children, you start to think, well, what's going to happen to them? Can you imagine if we lived in like Arizona or something when it's like 120 degrees? Summers aren't so fun there. No, no, they're not. They really are not. Anyways, yeah. like you say on that happy note, Alex, it's been, it's been a pleasure. It's been a real pleasure. Thank and, you so uh, much. Likewise. Yeah. Anytime you want to do this again, anytime you want, we can, we'll, sure. pitch well in we, can, sure. we can chat specifically about climate change. Yeah. There you go. There's a great idea. <laughs> okay. So listen, thanks again. And once again, folks, I'm going to put Alex's uh, contact information uh, right underneath the, uh, uh, the video here and also on the podcast. And uh, we'll take it from there. So have a wonderful, wonderful. day. Thanks for coming Thank on board. You. Okay. Thank you. See you again. Bye. Bye. Okay. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Randy Selzer Real Estate Podcast. Follow us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And check out our main website at randyselzer.com for much more valuable info on the Canadian real estate scene.